Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 164 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian and Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. I switched up on you, Angelo, in that intro. How does that feel? Really good. And we just had a quick uh, crash course on Logic Pro 10. Uh, yes. We were comparing our notes because exactly, you're yeah, a new I, user. Well, one, but then two, like you're uh, uh, much quieter than most people are, right? In terms of my in terms of voice, record? yeah. Well, actually, not really. Um, when we recorded with Alex and Tyler, Alex keeps his his uh, vocals quite low. He has like at minus eighteen dB, um, which is good because then there's less noise when you when you do it. But uh, I just bring up my voice higher, and you bring up your voice. I put your voice lower because you're so damn loud. Less gain is good. I, you know, I've been editing the last couple episodes because you're too lazy. And yeah. what happens here is that I I then have to like, because you, you sometimes just go like this a lot. Yeah, but that's why I use compressors. <laughs> that's why I love compressors. My, I compress the hell out of my voice. Yeah, I wonder why. Yeah, I, I can send you my compressor settings, Brian, if you really want. You know what? Why not? I'll, it'll, it'll be a reference tool for me to continue to edit this podcast while you... I don't know what you do with your spare time. Um, I build towers of internet. Yes. So you sent me a picture of like different boxes and it's very confusing to me. Okay. I have a backyard and in my backyard, really? Is this there like are places to sit. And we were noticing that I, last summer we didn't have the same configuration in our basement. I didn't really have the office there and my Eero router was in a different spot. And now we've got a new modem and stuff, so I moved where the router was. And this was our first experience in using internet outside. Now, our router that's on the main floor, it works okay in the backyard, but ideally we'd want to use the router that's in the basement because it's closer to the wall and the window. Now, I have a very small window in my basement, but it was really low to the ground, this router, which is perfectly fine if you're in the basement. But there was really no internet uh, powers <laughs> is that the right word right word no internet signal in, in the backyard and i said okay let me do something stupid and i took the old home pod boxes i took a home pod mini box and this week i had an apple tv box and i put my euro on top of that which is also on top of an old pc tower okay and shockingly so you sent me, me a picture of of different like uh Apple products, basically, that live in your basement. Yeah, well, they're not... Yeah, but the, the HomePods aren't in the basement. They're, in the, they're on the main floor. But no, but I mean the boxes, It's just the right? boxes, you, yes. The you, boxes were... all of your boxes? No, I throw out most boxes, but I figured out oh, the HomePod boxes, are, they're really nice boxes and well-made, and I thought, oh, I can stack something on this eventually, and I was right. So now I put the Eero router on the top. As you can see, there's the Eero router on the top of the uh, mini, HomePod mini box, and... Um, I was really surprised to see the internet in the backyard go from about five, six, seven uh, megabits per second to almost 80. <laughs> so, <laughs> so pretty much par for the course. Yeah, so really good. Because if, if at full signal, I have about 450 megabits per second okay. in my house. Uh, but obviously, if you're in a backyard behind the wall and stuff, it won't really go that, that far. But, uh, but I'd say also, 80 is pretty great. You also f neglected to mention that your um, your entire house is lead-lined. Well, yeah, because we want to be safe from Superman. Yeah, one, and then two, like, uh, you don't want the radon to get you. No, well, the, it keeps the radon in, actually. <laughs> we we watched the Snyder Cut. We know how Superman could become evil. It, so you, you spent four hours watching that? Not in a row. 
Okay. So you you treated it as if it were a miniseries like some people did. Well, yeah. I, I, I realized, oh, there's different parts of this. Great, because there's no way I'm sitting for four hours. And uh, the fact that it was four by three bothered me. The full frame, yeah, absolutely. Why didn't he keep that artistic vision for Army of the Dead? He just made that widescreen. I've I watched the first ten minutes, and then I stopped. I need to get back to it at one point. I know, you know, it's it's technically like part of my Netflix subscription to get to, but I just I don't care enough. But you, that's so like in your wheelhouse. I know, but I've been recently watching like really great movies, like the Three Ninjas at Mega Mountain, starring Hulk Hogan. Oh, great! Like yeah, that's Academy Award winning. Your nineties, yeah, exactly. And Lonnie Anderson is the bad guy, which I mean, like even for kids' movie, the plot is nonsensical. Yeah. So the funny thing though is that you were making fun of me because I decided to invest in myself. I recently bought an SM7B <laughs> mic, um, at a which discount. you're not using. No, not yet, but we can get to that in a sec. And you were you started like basically like calling me like a big spender when you are <laughs> making literal towers out of Apple products, the boxes that the, yeah so. <laughs> You know I was just being silly. I Come know, on. I know. Come I know. on. But yes, so I ordered SM7B mic. I decided, you know, it was time. I've been using an AT2020 for a couple of years now. And I had a chance to get one at a discount, brand new. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I was debating because at work we often talk about these things. So I said, we have a channel for this kind of gear talk. And I said, hey, I'm going to order this. You know, I have a mixer. Would the gain on there be sufficient? And everyone was torn because everyone kind of like a different home setup. Some were saying you'll need a preamp. Some were saying you're not. So I waited. And unfortunately, I do need a preamp. So I've ordered it. But it's going to take a little while to get here. Yeah, I remember Sam from Not Alone saying he needed a preamp for it because uh, it's a great sounding mic, but it's really gain hungry. Yes, it, its floor is like crazy. It's like I think it's like minus sixty or, or something stupid like that, right? So I ordered I, I didn't order the the standard industry the industry standard uh, cloud lifter. I ordered um, a D dynamite. It seemed pretty cool. It looks like a little stick of dynamite. Yeah, too. and instead of two hundred bucks, it's one hundred twenty. And I've watched a lot of gear reviews that put the two together. So they put the mic, uh, the SM seven B, as well as the dynamite together. Uh, but this, of course, is not a tech podcast. And Angela, you <laughs> recently, uh, you just mentioned you bought an Apple four K television. Do you don't even have four K television? Explain, or do you with your new TV? I can't remember. I, I do have a four K TV. That's the okay, whole point. That otherwise, I wouldn't have got this Apple TV. I wouldn't have cared. I had the old Apple TV HD from twenty. 15 and when apple upgraded to 4k i have a 7 i had a 720p television so i figured because right, i couldn't well, remember if your new, your new television that you bought last winter was 4k or not yeah and it's kind of hard to not buy a 4k tv at this point right like no matter what you can get a 4k non-hdr tv if you want to spend a little less but most tvs are now 4k if you go buy one in the store uh, where you would buy a TV. Where else would you buy a TV, right? In a store. <laughs> uh, Craigslist, Kijiji. Oh, yeah, I guess. So you can buy those used that are not 4K. I was, yeah, so what, I was using my Apple TV in Is a warehouse a store? Because I'm just thinking of, like, outlets. Yeah, those are stores. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Do we want to go, like, to talk about the tech of stores? How those work? <laughs> no, let's, let's okay. not do that right now. Uh, let's talk about your new baby on, you know, are you going to add the the Apple 4K box to your box of of apple things it already is there oh is it okay i didn't see yes it. yes it's the it, it it was the new addition before it was just the two home pods and one home pod mini box uh, okay my other two bottom, home right? pod mini boxes are used underneath my near field monitors see uh, yeah okay anyways continue <laughs> so much confusion well uh when i got this tv it comes with its own android tv interface where it is obviously 4k but I didn't really like the way the Android TV worked. Like, I always would go back to the Apple TV, even though... And most people... It's like lossless music, right? I can't really see the difference between, like, a 
uh, 4K and 1080p from where I sit. However, I can tell the difference between regular 4K and 4K HDR. There is quite a difference there. So I wasn't getting the cool Dolby Vision stuff because my Apple TV obviously didn't support it, and I was get, but I was getting stereo HomePods through it. Now with this Apple TV, the HomePods can be made the default audio source, so they're automatically uh, either 5.1 or Dolby Atmos, or stereo if, if the movie doesn't have 5.1. So and basically uh, you're setting yourself up to like a real cinematic experience. And it really does sound good. Um, I mean, my kids who don't care about this type of stuff really, uh, my daughter was saying, oh, it sounds like a movie theater now. So that's... that's uh, It's going to save you money in the long run. That way you don't have to take them anywhere. Yeah, I'm look, I'm all for these uh, Disney premier access things. I'll pay 30 bucks to watch a movie from the comfort of my own home instead of having to schlep my way to a movie theater and pay, what, 80 bucks with popcorn and several tickets? You are literally not helping your case about being the world's greatest curmudgeon. Like, you don't want to go back to work. You don't want to leave the home to go uh, uh, enjoy things. When, like, we've talked about this, but like you, it's been years and years since you last saw a musical concert. Many years. I almost went to a church's concert a few years ago, but then I didn't go. <laughs> Were you scared of the youths? Harassment? No, I had nobody to go with. No, oh, I see. Okay. Um, here's an open call. If anyone in the Montreal area <laughs> wants to go to a concert with Angelo in, like, let's say, like late 2021 into 2022, uh, Angelo Furin is where you can find him. <laughs> Computer, I'm a computer guy. Everything made out of buttons and wires. Double density. Angelo, well, you've been busy uh, tinkling and, and playing tinkling? around with. No, tinkling, t- like tinkering. It's tinkering. Tinkling is when you pee. Well, uh, well, yeah, I guess so. But I mean, like, you are a tinkler. <laughs> uh, uh, As well, every human is. Uh, so I've uh, you, while you were tinkering with your home setup, I've been busy on the internet as I often am, and I've mentioned this before. But I recently fell into a um, uh, a category of like Twitch streams that isn't quite the norm, right? So Twitch streams obviously started with esports, and then have kind of like blown up to um, a lot of like different areas, right? So there's like just chatting, which has created a whole other um, uh, uh, controversy recently because uh, a lot of people are doing um, hot tub streams, right? Which are kind of like almost sexual in nature and like there's been a lot of debate in the twitch community about that twitch recently came down with a uh a discussion about how they're going to allow specific instances of being able to to enjoy hot tubs so there's the whole hot tub meta um discussion but that is not why we're here i'm going to talk to you about gambling because i i find this fascinating do you have a problem i don't i don't at least and watching these people gamble uh vicariously um um makes me feel less and less like i want to gamble so there is a slots category on twitch and the largest Twitch streamers on there all seem to be located on the island of Malta, south of Italy. And did this cause you to go into like a island of Malta rabbit hole? Well, sort of. I was kind of curious why they're all located there, right? So it turns out that the island of Malta is really friendly if you want to set up an online uh, gambling empire. So if you're one of these companies who's really interested, um, applying for licenses is super easy. There's like laws and things in place. Um, but your servers have to be located in Malta. That's the only catch. Yeah, and the information you sent me was kind of shocking. There's, I think there's only like four gambling establishments there that are like brick Physical. and mortar. Yeah. But 300 that yeah. are virtual, yeah. which is yeah. insane. Yeah, so 300 different companies and then all these different gamblers here. And I'm talking like, I've watched someone win a million euros in like a, in a game, like a slot game. A slot? Like what are you betting at that point then? Like how many, 
the it's not like quarters you're putting in there. No, no, no. Like you can go five hundred bucks a uh, 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 turn, right? So what happens? Oh my is that you, god! You can also, and this is where the money comes from. You can also buy a bonus game for like fifty thousand dollars. That's really like I mean, you must have money to be doing that because that's a like slots are notoriously the worst odds in a casino. Yes. So uh, I kind of like went down the rabbit hole figuring out why these people are all there. And I don't think it's all in the up and up. And I'll explain why very quickly. So it kind of seems like, um, well, it, it's not seems like it is. So a lot of these gamblers, what happens is that they're affiliated with different casinos. And um, if you use their code to sign up to a casino, um, they then get a kickback. And when you continue to gamble, there is a kickback coming your way for their continued gambling so if you and i went and found a streamer and used their code um we would get like a, like a ten dollar sign up bonus but then what would happen is that throughout time as we continue to gamble a small percentage of that would end up in the streamer's pockets okay so they are making some money off of this for uh, sure now can the streamers lose money off of this they absolutely can, and I've watched people go down $200,000. But this is the other thing that they don't talk about, is that they incentivize when you put in deposits. So the, the, the bonuses and extra money that you get as a streamer, a normal person would get. So if we put in, you like, you know, like if I put in 1000 and I'm one of these streamers, and I'm just giving a baseline number here of 1000 sometimes they'll give you a bonus of like three to 4000 to deposit. So it's a, you're on your $1,000, they'll give you 4000 Okay. So there's also a suggestion here that um, some of these streamers are paid by specific casinos in order to showcase their games. Well, they become like casino influencers, sort of. Yeah, exactly. Except this is gambling, right? So that doesn't look on the up and up either. No, it looks like, terrible. It's very weird. Yeah. Um, and, and once again, like I don't it's have any absolute proof. But I was kind of, I was digging around and it seems like a lot of these affiliates um, uh, make money both from signups, but then it, it's very weird the way in which they hit big on things, and their odds seem to be a little bit different than a regular player would get. It's it's all very very oh. strange. So uh, there's like a fix. It's rigged, like the elections. I I don't want to say that because once again I don't have proof, but it seems like there is preferential treatment given. And I linked you one of the articles about how um in Malta, like the Maltese online gambling um establishment, seems to be a great place to launder. Mafia money. Is there a casino that's called the Maltese Falcon? No, not yet. Too bad. Not yet. But a lot of these, um, uh, I think that like an online gambling establishment in Malta is a great way if you're looking to launder your money, right? Because um, not only um, you can choose to actually gamble in like different cryptos. So if you have a new uh, like Bitcoin or Ethereum lying around, you can then turn that into money that you can use to bet. I so find we're talking way too much about cryptocurrency. <laughs> I mean, it isn't. It's ether, coming right? up so much. It's 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 it is in the ether. zeitgeist. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's like it, you know it's it's a pop culture thing right now. But I find this very interesting and intriguing. Once again, I don't have proof, but it's just like a lot of suspicions. I spent a fair amount of time watching Do you time really need this. proof? You don't need proof to say the elections are rigged. You don't need proof to say <laughs> the casinos are rigged. No, but I'm trying to be a responsible podcaster here, right? Okay. You don't want to be banned from Twitter. No, exactly. So or become a these, president. Some of these, and I find it weird because some of these, like if you follow uh, a streamer, like it's free, right? But you can subscribe to streamers for different amounts of money um, per month, which is essentially like you're you're bestowing your patronage upon a streamer. Um, some of some of these streamers, it's really weird because of the fact that um, uh, you are subscribing to them basically to watch them lose money. Yeah, it's it's a really odd sort of thing you're watching. It's not as uh, the word I'm looking for. What's the word? It's not, a, it's not as wholesome as when you're just watching somebody do a Mario speed run. 
No, exactly. There's the undercurrent of like a, a there's like a financial angle to it, right? Yeah, and it's like sort of the seedy underbelly of like the world. Money laundering in a Maltese casino. Yeah. That's not really on the up and up. And they're also kind of enticing people to come to gamble by seemingly winning so easily. Exactly, yeah. So the, the odds seem to be in a lot of these gamblers' favors. Is it sort of like the whole loot crate scandal that was happening a few years ago? That's a good question. Um, like uh, way like worse, the, I would yeah, say. The CSGO stuff, you mean? Like from yeah. The, yeah. Um, not exactly, because they don't actually own the market. Okay. Like in the CSGO scandal, that was part of it, right? So they were... They were showing big wins, but then rigging the back end because of the fact that they either partnered up or owned these marketplaces. Whereas this, it seems like these are just front people that are okay. paid a salary to sit there and play like for eight hours a day or like X amount of hours per day. And then like whether they're up or down, they claim a consistent um, um, uh, fee. And, and you know, the, the, the danger here is, though, you know, like you screw up a Mario speed run. Well, you screw up the Mario speed run. You screw something up with uh, people that are not so much on the up and up. Uh, you'll be... Um dead maybe <laughs> well i don't know i think it all is all like a, an illusion right and i think that in order to launder money successfully you need to show losses sometimes oh that's true i guess so maybe it's part of it all. it's all hidden there but it, it, there's a lot of like really weird stuff there because there are obviously people who um play slots and they're located in north america or they're located in england and they're not you know uh, based in malta and it's 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 very very iffy well i mean we have our own little casino here run by the government that's true, but I mean, like they are on the up and up, more or less. They're not paying bills well, yes. to sit there and win. No, and, and it makes it makes the government lots of money to pay for our welfare state. Speaking of, okay, well, you <laughs> almost got me there. Um, speaking of of welfare states and the government, I linked you to a pretty amusing Vice article. I, I mean, like uh, pretty amusing for it's me. It's not amusing at all because I didn't realize. Like, I I know what uh, citizen is. I've heard of it. I've heard people make fun of it and, and complain about it, how it's it's pretty racist, sort of. But I never knew it came from an app called Vigilante. Yes. So we're going to talk about a motherboard article that I linked to. It's going to be in the show notes. All about how um, uh, uh, the app Citizen recently started a manhunt that ended uh, uh, almost as bad as the Boston Bomber manhunt uh, on Reddit. when it came to Reddit. Yeah. Oh, like so, citizens not available everywhere, right? Like it, it's just not like so. On a, on a side note here, we have I'm not on Facebook. My wife uh, is on Facebook, and we have our own little uh, group for our neighborhood. And she saying this, they're like, "Oh, don't want to answer the door." There's kids uh, ringing doorbells at three o'clock in the morning and slashing tires and stuff, which is really great to know. But don't you have like a camera set up or something? Can't you see these people? We don't have cameras here, no. Oh, I'm surprised you don't have like a, a ring doorbell or something just yet. Are you crazy? I wouldn't put a camera or a microphone in my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, Maybe so if Apple makes a camera. Yeah, even that. So essentially what had happened is that Citizen is an app that basically you go on there and you report crime. So originally Vigilante was created in order to help people feel safe by self-reporting crimes and then hoping other people would come help you, right, essentially? Yeah, basically, instead of because you can get there before the police gets there and, you know, they'll handle it better. It, it makes me think of that story I saw on, um, I guess it was uh, uh, John Oliver's show, where there was a guy who he was on the phone with a 911 operator saying, uh, I have a gun. I can go shoot these people. I can, and the, the, the 911 operator saying, like, no, don't do that. Like, just stay away. <laughs> but I got I'm going to go get them. I'm going to go get them. No, don't do that. And he went and shot them in the back. Oh my god! Yeah, that's awful. And he was and he was heralded a hero by the town. 
Not a surprise. No. Um, so the article, the framing structure of the article is um, um, Citizen CEO Andrew Frame and uh, upping a bounty to find an arsonist in California. And what has happened here is that they've launched a new service called On Air, which is a live streaming service where they're going to try to apprehend suspects live. So this is like live PD, just way worse. Um, and and uh, uh, advocates for militias, essentially. Yeah, it's sort of like Clubhouse. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know about that one. <laughs> wow. Uh, I I really don't know where to go with this because it's it almost seems like a Black Mirror episode. Yes, because uh, I was going to ask you, you're more family-managed than I am. You are uh, more into um, uh, tech than I am, generally speaking, when it comes to gadgets. How do you feel about an app like Citizen or an app like Nextdoor, which basically lets you report um, uh, quote-unquote weird behaviors um, of your neighbors and, and you know if your loved ones lived around you, then those two? It's not something... I mean, I would maybe be responsible with it, but I don't know. I don't trust other people. That's the problem. And we see that here, like I said, with the Facebook group where, uh, so today uh, my wife said there was a, uh, a woman that was complaining because the cops called, uh, somebody got called the cops on them because they had too many people over, right? So here in Quebec, the restrictions sort of lifted in certain ways. So now we're allowed to have a maximum of eight, eight people in our backyard uh, in private gatherings and stuff like that. So not, still not a lot, but apparently there were all kinds of cars in front of this person's house and she was complaining because, you know, uh, you shouldn't snitch on us or anything like that. My parents have been babysitting these kids uh, throughout this whole pandemic. Well, that's strike number one. They're not supposed to be doing that. And uh, the cops showed up because there were uh, her parents were babysitting the kids. They're not supposed to be in the house. No. So there's so a, they a, were a literally they were actually breaking the law. So somebody rightfully called the cops on them and they were upset. How do you feel about cops? Uh, right now, Angelo is shrugging. He does not know how to answer this very thorny question. Well, look, there's really bad cops and there's good cops. Like, I know I have friends who, who are related to police officers who seem like good people. But I know but by for their a fact virtue, that they seem like really terrible cops. Aren't the cops just bad by virtue of who they are and what they exist for? Well, not necessarily, no. Maybe this is a debate we can have with another guest because um, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. But coming back to Citizen, <laughs> you can pay... Uh, uh, 20 bucks a month USD for something called Protect, which allows you to live stream stuff to your phone to a citizen protect agent who will then call 911 in case it goes bad. You're yeah, basically inserting a, a protection middleman instead of dialing 911 yourself. Yeah. And, and this person is, is qualified how? That's the thing, right? Like, what's the point of having this extra person? Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, it's very telling that this started out as something called Vigilante, right? That's what got me of, of everything in this article. That's what got me in that this started off as like the whole point was to send people after other people as if yes. they're superheroes. Yeah. Whereas they've kind of inverted their message here where it's not um, um, vigilantism. It's quote unquote like um, uh, people should be using citizen to avoid crime rather than fight it, which is yeah. very Co community activism. Me. Yes. Um, but through a middleman that you pay a monthly fee to. Of course. Well, you have to you have to get them Internet bucks. You have I to mean, monetize yes. this somehow. I mean, uh, I mean, this is no different, right? This is a larger ecosystem. This is an, you know the apparatus of the the military industrial um, military industrial complex just growing larger uh, daily, aided by Silicon Valley and wanting to cash in, right? So there's the the convergence of capitalism as well as um, um, questions on 
who gets to police who and how because like you were saying um uh, uh black people were unfor- like unfairly unfortunately um um targeted way more often than anyone else on these apps well yes because people are horrible and racist and that's what happens uh but i guess this is where we're going to go since you want to get rid of all the cops well, no, I'm I'm more into the <laughs> idea of, of community policing. I'm more into preventative instead of reactive because everything that happens in this society right now is reactive, right? We Absolutely. don't have enough money for social workers. We don't have enough money for social programs that guide people towards um, um, more helpful avenues. Um, there's also a whole capitalist slant to that because a lot of um, crime happens due to um, wealth inequality too. Well, if so, if if a lot of the money that was spent on certain things like military and law and order and all that garbage uh, that would it be necessary if money was actually put into actual good outreach programs? Yes, preventing, not reacting. And exactly. that's the whole problem with a lot of this. Yes, uh, it'll take some work to get there, right? Yes. Well, it's kind but, of funny, too, because a lot of um, um, different organizations um, that were advocating for um, defunding the police um, and in the places where it happened, and now the, the cops are complaining that there's not enough money um, and that they need more resources. So the city is like uh, taking it back and like refunding the police versus this is a longer term initiative. Like you can't six months later be like, okay, we defunded the police. Everything is hunky dory. This is years long. There needs to be a roadmap. There needs to be a plan. Uh, we are wildly off topic, but I yeah. do not care. No, but it, it's important. It's not really off topic because it's coming from something that's trying to prevent crime in a very bad way. Yes. Um, I do believe that one of the employees described like one of these anonymous employees described Sisson as, and I'm reading a poco here, basically an anxiety sweatshop. So every one of these agents sits there hoping and trying to collect more users for their areas in order to then be able to, um, um, uh, you know, when called upon, uh, intervene in situations that are kind of murky. So they do it on purpose to kind of rile these people up and make them nervous about where they live. Exactly. Well, they also mentioned the number of like, uh, uh, like uh, notifications that they send out all the time, right? And it was is there was there a number to that? I can't remember um, okay. uh, off offhand, but there are a, like it's it's voluminous. That that seems like an app you'd want the notifications off for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I turn the like notifications off for everything except like my phone and messages. Yeah, in case your kids are trying to text you that they're being held up. Yeah, that's what happens every once in a while. My daughter will text me while I'm working, saying, uh, "Can I have some cheese?" I'm okay. <laughs> I do like the idea that she couldn't just have a conversation with you. No, no, no. Daddy's in his man cave, darling. He's working really hard, making sure people get an education. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And with that in mind, Angela, let us head on over to the paranormal side of things. We're going to talk about something old and something new. What about something borrowed and something blue? Well, you that is where you come in. Okay, great. See you there. What's this? Kids with a cellular phone? Introducing Amigo from Cantel. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Double Density. Welcome back to Double Density. As always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So this week, I want to talk about something that is of du jour uh, once again. Something that, um, uh, as you are saying before, is in the zeitgeist. And we're going to talk about uh, your favorite term, my favorite term, UAP slash UFOs. I linked you to a New York, uh, New York Times op-ed piece by uh, Dr. Adam Frank. And I feel like if we were to summarize our mission statement here on Double Density, how we feel about UFOs, I feel like this is a succinct way of explaining how we feel. He's, he's yeah, we should have him on the show because he's, he basically echoes everything I feel about uh, all these UAP sightings that are coming out now. Uh, he, he nails it. There's one uh, quote I want to say from here. Hold on. 
So the one thing that stood out the most to me in in his op-ed is is what we kind of talked about last time. It's uh, there's a lot of prosaic explanations, and he says, for example, it's possible that UFOs are drones deployed by rivals like Russia and China to examine our defenses, luring our pilots into turning on their radar and other detectors, thus revealing our electronic intelligence cap- uh, capacities. That's perfect. That's like the most down to earth, uh, no pun intended, explanation of this, which makes more sense than either aliens from the ocean or aliens from outer space. I do uh, agree with that. And that's one of the points that I've seen a lot of people making in the last um, like week and a half or so since we last recorded. Um, and I, I do feel stronger now. So I do believe that there are two types of, of UFO encounters, right? There's the indie type, this like the, the you know, the, the do it yourself, um, uh, DIY, like I'm, I'm doing the music analogous here, right? So there's like the, the major label, um, <laughs> Anything have to do with the armed forces kind of official stuff. And then there's like the, on 60 the, minutes. the DIY um, kind of like a UFO reporting, which I feel is like more organic and more honest than a lot of what's going on here. Um, and I was watching, I don't remember what this was, but I was watching someone describe how this couldn't be um, uh, anything other than like otherworldly because of the fact that like if it were China or Russia, it'd be easy to name them. But further to that though the more i think about this the more i realize it's better to have an unnamed target right because um uh, russia or china can retaliate really easily if we do decide if if we i'm talking about we as in the western world here you know canada and the united states and mexico put together as north america if we decide to go after um uh, uh you know a, a rogue state or uh, a nation that we don't agree about uh, agree with um it is easier for them to strike back to us. Whereas if we keep this unnamed, if we say maybe it's, you know, of unknown origin, is it terrestrial or not, then that way it's vague enough to uh, inspire a threat, but not specific enough to inspire an enemy to come back at us. Really well said, Brian. <laughs> Look at you philosophizing over I here. know. I know. My brain's broken after this. Um, but I thought this this dissertation by Dr. Frank was really interesting because he talks about how, um, and we've discussed this, the, um, the idea of like eyewitnesses um, and their memory being faulty just it's human nature and he has a stake in this too because he it's he's not like somebody's like aliens don't exist no quite the opposite his literal job is looking for aliens like that's what he does for a living basically yeah i mean he wrote a book called light of the stars alien worlds and the fate of the earth i would definitely i go need to pick that up after this um and his closing sentence of the work of science though ultimately exciting is mostly painstakingly methodical and boring but that is the price we pay because we d- just don't want to believe. We want to know. And that's, I feel like you and I are more so um, situated these days, especially with the UFO UAP talk and the fact that there is, you know, a government <laughs> report imminently coming out early this summer, right? We we're talking about is this hot UFO summer or not? Um, <laughs> and the other fascinating thing, and this is something we talked about, is a lot of this video is circumstantial. It's not easy to measure a lot of what's going on. Some people are doing like back the napkin kind of, of math, but to properly ascertain something, it needs to be better than an army or Navy intelligence video that is in black and white that you can't necessarily um, um, pick up a lot of the subtleties on. Yeah, and a lot of the reporting going on, not to fault the the reporters and journalists, it's not their expertise, and they seem to be out of their depths, uh, interviewing a lot of shady people that really well, people have, who have their financial own stakes. Yeah, like like, in, like in Jeremy this, right? Corbell, right? Like we, I sent you an, uh, a, a news story from CTV News it's in, here in Canada, and they're interviewing him as if he's like an expert in this field. He's an expert in his own mind in creating films about this stuff for entertainment purposes, but he's not 
like somebody, say, like Dr. Adam Frank, who seems to have a, an actual real education with this and not some armchair guy who, who figured it out by looking at Reddit. <laughs> I mean, like, I like how Reddit has become the source of all of our existential issues um, in this episode, <laughs> whether it be the Boston bombing misfire or, uh, you know, visiting the UFO subreddit or the Truth is Here subreddit and just reading and getting real, real sad about things. And I want to read another p- another sentence or two from the article. Um, Dr. Frank says, I understand that UFO sightings, which date back to at least 1947, I guess, like, asterisks there, I would say modern UFO sightings, are synonymous in the popular imagination with evidence of extraterrestrials. But scientifically speaking, there is a little to warrant that connection. And that's something that you and I brought up, right? Just because it is unknown is not mean that it's otherworldly. Exactly. That's I wanted, to, I wanted to be so badly. Yeah, I know you do. Look at you. You're, you took a picture next to uh, uh, Betty and Barney Rubble's uh, a rubble. Uh, UFO encounter. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that was funny that they had the same name. I wonder if their friends were Fred and Wilma. That would be pretty awesome. That would be pretty awesome. No, I don't think so, unfortunately, Angelo. So you can keep on dreaming. But that is, uh, this is it for this chapter of the UAP UFO saga. It um, will be I'm coming sure... up a lot this summer. Exactly. I think we'll be covering it. A lot of different podcasts are covering it. They're discussing amongst themselves. But to me, like, there's a lot of speculation. And that's all the hot air that uh, UFO Twitter needs to sustain itself for like six it, months. It, honestly, the most frustrating thing is seeing professional reporters and journalists kind of like fumble their way through this. And then, so when I watch something like this, right, and it's something I know well and see people talk about this and interview pretty crummy sources, I wonder, is the information I'm getting about stuff I don't know that much about just as bad? That's a really great question, and it is something to consider when you consume all forms of media. I think I'm just coming up as like an anti-capitalist, anti-authoritarian person because I say like never trust a single source, right? You often need like it's like a journalist creator, like trust but verify, right? If you tell me something, I'm going to trust, but then I'm going to find that secondary source or another piece of proof in order to bolster my claims. Yeah, it's like like it's been like some of the COVID headlines, right? Uh, recently here where we live, our, our case numbers have diminished drastically compared to the rest of Canada, finally. You know, our cases have been under 500, uh, under 400. And there was a, 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 a the headline of uh, on Wednesday or Thursday kind of like stood out to me in that the, the, the headline was, and cases now jump to over 400 again. They were like at 390 something and they went to 426. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like, Stuff like that bothers me because just can you lay out the facts and that's it? <laughs> that's not how Please? this works. No. That's not how this works at all. No clicks for them. I mean, I should stop getting my news from TMZ, though. TMZ I was going to say, like, you click around a lot around, uh, like, uh, um, MTL blog, right? Uh, the worst oh, website yeah. on earth. Oh, yeah. They, they, they love stealing people's photos. What could space be? What could it be made of? What the heck is all those lights out there? Is this just a black curtain with holes in it? I don't know. I'm trying to find out. Double density. Angelo, are you ready to talk about something old? Yeah. I, I think I, I hold on. I gotta say that again because I heard myself peek over there for some reason. That's how loud I got. Yeah, I, I like old stuff, Brian. Let us discuss. So we haven't touched on cryptids in a little bit, and I was sort of like clicking around the internet and going down wiki holes, just reading websites and things. And uh, you know, double density, uh, uh, double Ds. Uh, let's talk about another double D: the Dover 
demon. So uh, we're going to talk about a uh, cryptid sighting uh, from April 1977 um, uh, in Dover, Massachusetts, which is about, I'd say, like, 45 minutes south-southwest of Boston. So, like, picture, like, a very nice New England kind of, like, idyllic town. Like Salem. Well, without the loaded history, yes. Yeah. I like this one because he's sort of like a one-hit wonder, this Dover demon. Yeah, so he showed up for two nights in a row, and that was it, right? Yeah, just a bunch of drunk teenagers. Actually, they yeah, weren't. Well, drunk. they didn't. They didn't imbibe, apparently. So yes. Yeah, so um, uh, uh, on the nights of April twenty first and April twenty second, nineteen seventy seven, um, fourteen. So in the first instance, on April twenty first, there were three of them. So Bill Bartlett, uh, Mike Mazaka, and Andy Brody, um, uh, were driving around trying to find beer. You know, as you do when you're a teenager trying to score booze, and. Uh, they stop and see something that they think is like a tiny animal, maybe a dog or a cat. But as they get closer, uh, the description of it is is very eerie when you really think about it. Now, did only one of them see it in the car? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so one like, of them so saw they... it, and then the two others kind of saw it fleeting. So yeah. Bartlett saw it. Um. Yeah. So basically, what happens is that Bartlett sees it. The other two don't. The creature leaves, and then um, his friends, having not really seen much as they turn around. Um, uh, Bartlett, uh, Bill Bartlett, like lives with this, right? So the description of the cryptid is as follows. So um, it has two large, round, glassy, lidless eyes shining brightly, uh, like he says, like two orange marbles. And then its watermelon-shaped head resting at the top of a thin neck is the size of the rest of the body. And except for its oversized head, the creature is thin with long, spindly arms and legs and large hands and feet. The skin is hairless and peach-colored and appears to have a rough texture, quote, like wet sandpaper, end quote. Um, and is standing more than three and a half to four feet. And it is described as a baby's bodies with a long arm and legs. So picture like a gray alien just with a huge head. Yeah. And, and, and not gray. No, peach colored, which is like peach. a lovely cr- creature picture uh, yeah. uh, feature. <laughs> I, so you know how we talked about like unreliable witnesses? Uh, this is like the, uh, the peak unreliable witness like three guys driving down a highway he sees it as they're driving in the dark right it wasn't even light right it was dark so there's not much to go by and then so a couple of hours after bartlett and his two companions see this um 15 year old john baxter is walking his girlfriend home in a wooded area and he sees the same thing um about 15 feet away and he's the person who kind of draws the the one of the first sketches that you see yeah no, so that like, is it for April 21st, 1977. Yeah. And then on the next night, on April 22nd, um, around midnight, 15-year-old Abby uh, Brim also saw the Dover Demon standing upright next to a tree. Yeah, upright. So now th- that's the thing with this, right? It's it's bipedal sometimes. Yeah, as if you were a squirrel just hanging out, trying to go now, up a tree. The, the thing that gets me is the... There's no real explanation for this. That's that's the, no. the interesting thing because the skeptical explanation is as ridiculous as thinking it's some sort of weird cryptid. And this is why I wanted to bring this to you because everything that like I'm thinking about here is 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 that right? Like anything plausible is also super weird. Um, just to note too, the locations of these different sightings happened roughly in a two mile radius. So it is there. There was something for sure that they saw some animal, maybe like a, a mangy animal of some kind that was not well. Uh, but the explanation from skeptics at the time was that it was a lost baby moose, <laughs> which yeah. is a sad, sad movie. Um, so some skeptics also said that like um, these teenagers were all drunk, which is weird to me because there's three different teenagers over two nights. There's no way all three of them were drunk. 
Yeah, and especially not the 15-year-old. You're not allowed drinking at that age. And teenagers aren't allowed drinking, Brian. (laughs) Uh, I can't wait for you to tell that to your offspring over and over and over again. I'm really looking forward to that. But then at the same time, when you look at things, um, um, I tried to find out if they were friends. And it seems like they didn't know each other quite well. I mean, um, Dover is not a huge place, but they didn't seem to exist in the same social circles. Yeah, so it's not like this was a uh, calculated like hoax either. No, and um, uh, people were like uh, Bartlett was dismissing the fact that like um, uh, s- someone was saying like maybe it's a fox or an animal, and his counterclaim to that is like it had long thin fingers that were more human like the animal. So like I don't really know what it is. Maybe it was Slenderman as a baby, <laughs> baby Slenderman from Dover, so, Slender baby, um, and of course Slender uh, boy. Uh, Famed cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman um, interviewed all um, subjects shortly thereafter when this happened in spring 1977, and he do believe he does believe this. He to do be believe case. he do believe that it is a credible case that a number of individuals all saw this within a 25-hour window. Yeah, and he keeps tagging me in tweets for some reason. <laughs> well, it's because we got into a tweet thread long ago that people keep liking for some reason. <laughs> so I keep every once in a while I get like. A reply to this tweet. I'm like, what is what is Lauren Coleman doing? Like, he doesn't know me from a hole in the wall, but okay, yeah, correct. Yeah, he's much it. more famous than we are. Yeah. Um, and Coleman, in going through his like archives of files, said that this doesn't necessarily match up to anything in the area, much less anything that he's he's seen. Oh yeah, this is like I said, it's like a one hit wonder. It was out for three days and never never it went back into its vortex into the Sedona Valley. <laughs> um, five years before the Dover Demon sighting, a man named Mark Sennett uh, swore he saw a creature in the area, uh, kind of like that, uh, moving at the edge of the pond. So th- something else to note is that um, the three witnesses all said that they uh, were near a body of water when they'd seen this. Probably the same body of water. Oh, okay. And maybe it's a sea creature. Now, like, Dover is interesting in and of itself because Coleman says there have been some weird things that have happened there, right? Yeah, and um, uh, dating back to hundreds of years, um, there were a lot of legends, um, you know, uh, including a sighting of a devil on horseback in the nineteen in the sixteen hundreds. Yeah, I like the so there's that, and there's um, stories of buried treasure, and then the Dover Demon. Like they don't have anything in common, but still, kind of cool. There's every little town has its own stories. Otherwise, it'd be boring. Is this fallen a ley line? Oh, well, ley lines then would explain everything, Brian. Yeah, no, no. This is, it doesn't fall in the ley line. That's oh, too bad. bad. It's not like Disney. Unfortunately, we almost had it, Angela. We almost had them. We would have just solved um, this whole thing in one shot. I know. Uh, let me try. Let me see if I can do this. So, ley we need a guard. We need a guardian for aliens. <laughs> then we'll just hand us like video tips. Yeah. Brian, no, I'm not reading it. Like, there's yeah. not enough UAPs. We don't see like. We just we need footage that isn't crappy. But anyway, let's. I always say that. Yeah, I mean, we got, we we need something a little bit more than like a military um, um footage, right? Well, it, that's crappy. Yes, <laughs> it's full of artifacts and stuff, and okay, not alien a bunch artifacts. Of Jefferson County, New York. Is there uh, some near Hudson uh, Valley, New York? Because that's a no. That's a hot spot. Do I live near Leyline? Could, could you? I don't know. Do you? I don't know. No, it doesn't appear to be no ley line right now. Okay. But, uh, we could be wrong. Well, the earth has to shift. <laughs> oh, is that where we're also going to play that game too? Maybe. So um, what do you think do you about this Dover demon, Brian? I find it very interesting, and that's why I wanted to bring it to your attention, because it does look like an oversized alien, uh, like with a baby head, like a, a giant baby head. 
What? Look, okay, so if you had to explain what it was, like, what would you like? What would be your best guess? That's the problem, right? I was just about to say there's there's nothing really that could explain it. Like the lost baby moose, like I said, is just as dumb as the, like the alien, uh, weird cryptid thing. I I think it could be like it's possible that some animals are are deformed and stuff, and it could have been that, and that's why it was only around for a while because then it died. My it favorite like thing I read is that animal. someone said it could have been a white-cheeked gibbon, which is a, a monkey, right? Like that escaped from a zoo? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Were there uh, like were there any escaped animals? No, no one had reported any. I, I uh, in all of my Google searching, I couldn't find anyone reporting anything okay. like that. And you 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 looked through the microfilm too. Yeah, I went I went down. Yeah, exactly. I went down to actually. I have a friend Some, who who lives in the area, so I should ask him if he knows anything about this. Let me just double check how far away he is. Oh uh, wait, 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 wait. Did go boo. Oh, I mean, they he's all, like eight. He's eight miles away. Oh wow! And they all I'm, have cool uh, New England accents there, right? Uh, yes, a lot of them do. He does not, of course, but oh, a lot of them bad. do. I'm gonna have to ask. Really, like, maybe I'll get a man on the ground to take a look at this. Okay, have him go look around, see if he spots any yeah, weird bald. Yeah, he, he has like a he has a younger child. Let's have the younger child join him. Yeah, like I mean, they see all kinds of things, kids, right? Because they make things up. Well, they make things up. But they also have the sight, right? Like if you go back to The Shining. Yeah, like when my son said he saw somebody peek from behind the moon. Has he brought up anything weird in the last little while? Not really at all. He's been very down to earth. It's all about paying, playing basketball and soccer lately. Ugh. Ugh. Sports. So I'm, I'm having gonna fun. You, I'm going to let you marinate um, on this the topic of the Dover Demon. I would love to hear our listeners' take on what the Dover Demon is because I felt like this was a good one to stump you with because none of the explanations make sense. No. The fact that there are different witnesses around the area who didn't know each other quite well. And um, it's not like they could have texted each other and said, hey, can you... Look, we don't really know each other, but let's make this up. It was the 70s, right? So like, And this didn't come out. Right, so the the second witness hadn't heard that the first witness had seen it. Well, the, so the chain of witnesses, though, right? So you got to remember that um, uh, Bill Bartlett was in his car and his two friends didn't see that. Very easy that if they were to hoax to say like all three had seen it and yeah. given a, a, a you know a cohesive description. But then uh, you know there's the guy walking his girlfriend a couple hours later, and then after that the 15 year old. Um, yeah, uh, so, and, uh, and they never communicated. No, exactly right. So to me. There is some credibility, whether it was an escaped animal, whether it was, you know, uh, a, a fun little cryptid who didn't bother anyone and didn't destroy anything, or whether it was something else entirely. I'm very, very curious. Could it have been an alien sighting? I don't know. You know? Yeah, aliens don't tend to, like, walk around the the like the, the woods and stuff. So they Just to stroll around Dover, path. Massachusetts. Yeah. Just go for a little stroll. <laughs> a little stroll for to get back into the mothership. Eat some deer. Uh, we'd love to hear your takes on the Dover Demon. If you want to, you know, go ahead and tweet at us, double underscore density. You can also hit us up at doubledensity.net. Click on the contact button. Fill things out. Let us know how you feel, though. Um, we are a little more present on Twitter than we are uh, checking the, the feedback box, right? Yeah, I mean, we get a notification whenever there's a, the a non-spam one. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be nice to actually get some feedback, people. Come on. <laughs> we know there's a few hundred at least out there that listen to this podcast. Yes. So come on. Uh, there are dozens of us to quote Arrested Development, right? Yeah. Uh, Angela, where else can people find us apart from uh, double underscore density on Twitter? Let's see if you can do this. There's Instagram. Double uh, density podcast. Yeah. And there's Gmail. <laughs> double density podcast at Gmail. Okay. And there's uh, double density.net where you find everything. Yeah, which was just mentioned uh, if you want to say that. I, I know. You can also rate and review us on all your different you know platforms and apps like the, the podcast store. 
people Apple listen to us on Spotify, right? Yeah, they do. A lot of people actually do listen to us on Spotify. Yeah, Spotify. It's us and like the, the Joe Rogan experience. That's all people do on Spotify. They don't care about that uh, Barack Obama guy with the Bruce Springsteen dude. No, I, I told that you. That ended like, though, right? The, the ultimate weekend dad vibes on there. I have not listened to it because I don't have Spotify. I, I also, I have Spotify and I don't listen to it because it's not, it's not my demographic, right? The idea of talking about America with like two older people, I'm not interested in. Obama's quite a bit younger than Spr- Springsteen though, no? Yeah, but he's still older than me. Yeah, it's true. He was also president of the United States. He was, also, I heard. Who And who got quoted as saying that he's, he agrees that there are things in the skies and he doesn't know what they are. Yeah, he was on, on the James Corden show just before yes. he did some carpool karaoke. Yes, I hate James Corden, but that's fine. Uh, that's not nice. He was awful on the Friends reunion clips that I saw. Yeah, he was all right. That wasn't the best part of the Friends reunion, which I, my wife and I watched saying, okay, let's just start this. It's probably not going to be fun to watch. It's like an hour and 45 minutes. We're not going to get through this tonight. It flew by, Brian. It was so entertaining. Were you sipping wine while doing that? Like, were you like ultimate chuggy? No, I was sitting on the couch. I also like how we talked about the television show Friends and like you denied being chuggy, but then like right now you're kind of, you're kind of chuggy. I grew up with Friends. Yeah. They seemed old to me though when I was watching Friends. Yeah, and it's so funny. I don't know if I saw, uh, if I sent you that um, that tweet a little while back, but uh, 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 Norman Cliff from Cheers were thirty five and thirty three. Their characters, right? No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is horrifying. Yeah, George they seem sixty five to me. I know, I know. So uh, just think about that for a sec uh, while you sit there and ruminate about God. the world. They never looked like, but people looked older than they did. Right? Like, people seem younger now. Yes. I'm often wearing skate gear. David Schwimmer didn't age. Uh, he got surgery, but didn't age. Oh, did he get surgery? Oh, for sure, dude. No. Yes. Uh, the, I think only one like, who's, the only one who's aging gracefully is Lisa Kudrow and then Matt LeBlanc, probably. Matt LeBlanc looks like just the normal dad now. So, yeah, there are a lot of memes going around saying like yes. he's like your Italian father or like the, your Italian gym teacher who tells yeah, you Yeah, or like, the Irish uncle. Life. Yeah. Um, which I found amusing, but I, I but I'm not here to judge the relative uh, attractiveness of aging celebrities. I'm here to talk about tech and the paranormal. And paranormal, and I feel like this is a good place to close episode 164. So you can head on to your tabloid podcast, Angela. Great, I I watched the Friends thing on my new tech, so that counts. Oh, there we go. Okay, so full circle. This is the first thing we talked about, or the second thing we talked about. It was not in uh, 4K though, because Crave is garbage and they don't uh, broadcast in 4K. Do they, but they do 1080, right? Yeah, it's one would hope at least 1080. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if some of the stuff is only 720 though. They uh, at the beginning of the pandemic they were at 720 because they had the throttle for everyone. Yeah, but no, no, it's it's fine. It looks it looks fine. Honestly, I'm I'm being silly because, like I said, I can't tell between 4K and 1080p from my couch, but I can tell if it's HDR. Ladies and gentlemen, we are dealing with two cinephiles now uh, here on Hell Yeah. And with that in mind, Angelo, this is it for episode 164. Let us tune in. Let us at, let everyone tune in next episode as they decipher the true meaning of the Dover Demon. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Let us know. Angelo, see ya. Am I a cinephile now, you idiot? Bye. <laughs>